0: Hello and welcome back to the Firestars Podcast. I am not Colin, I am Joe, and we will be talking with Mingo about the QB roulette going on in the NFL. But before that, I gotta address the Nets 76ers game that happened Thursday night. As I'm watching, Katie and Kyrie and Seth Curry dismantle the 76ers and how our good buddy big game James Harden had a signature 3 for 17 performance. All I could think about was Katie's quote about Harden leaving. When Katie said, Kai's not playing. I'm hurt. He hasn't won a championship before. He was really saying two things. The first being the obvious. Yeah, he hasn't won a championship before. The clock's ticking for Harden. He's on the back end of his prime, and he doesn't want to deal with all the bullshit in Brooklyn. He wanted to be in a more stable situation, and that's why he forced his way to Philly. But... There's a reason why Brooklyn was the finals favorite going into the year. When everything is right on the nets, we get what happened in that game Thursday. And that's the second thing Katie was referring to when he said he hasn't won a championship before. Harden's unwillingness to stay the course in Brooklyn is proof that he doesn't know what it's like on the journey to winning a ring and how he's right back where he was in Houston, now being in Philly. Because when shit hit the fan in a big game and he folded, KD and Kyrie were there to carry him in Brooklyn. He didn't have that in Houston, and he doesn't have it in Philly. And can't carry the offensive load and anchor the defense. We've seen that exact thing happen in that game. Philly lost by 30 at home. So even though Philly is a more stable situation, it still doesn't have KD or Kyrie. It doesn't have battle-tested guys or guys that have been there, guys that have played in the finals, guys that know the grind of getting to the NBA championship. Nets have KD, Kyrie, Patty Mills, Lauren Drogic. Hell, even Joe Harris has been to the finals since last time James Harden was there 10 years ago. Danny Green is the only guy that's been out of the second round on Philly. I trust all those guys on the Nets when you need to play, in crunch time. Of an elimination game,s Because you fold in that pressure. Over George Niang. And Tobias Harris. KD and Kyrie made a statement in that game. To James Harden. You made a mistake. You jumped ship. Because you don't know what it takes to get there. Harden's right back where he was before. And his actions show why. He hasn't won a championship before. Just like KD said. And the thing is. He probably never will now let's chop it up everything little Y'all
1: Follow us Y'all at Pod this. Firestarters on Twitter. Email us at the at gmail.com with questions. Get you guys involved. We're on YouTube now. Hopefully, this one makes it up on YouTube because the last one had a little bit of technical difficulties, but yeah, you know, we're we're figuring out day by day. Uh You're it is. It out. I'm figuring it out. Yeah, nobody else is. I'm doing this by myself. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> Joe's just here to talk. <laughs> it is Friday, March 11th. 2022 it is 6 14 p.m central time what up joe the dominoes are falling yes
0: quarterback roulette is in full swing this is what we've been waiting for and it's finally happened
1: yeah it's beautiful got a lot of news uh we we talked about on our last nfl podcast or maybe it was a trade deadline something like that talked about Aaron Rodgers being the first domino that needed to fall yes and like you said dominoes started falling had Aaron Rodgers get signed the extension had to basically it was the next day Russell Wilson or no it was like 2 hours later after the news <laughs> yeah, broke yeah it was 2 hours later yeah Russell Wilson gets traded uh and then the day after Carson Wentz also gets traded so Like you said, we got them all in the row, started knocking them down. So uh, what do you guys guys think of all this news happening? This is fun. This is usually not what the NFL is like. Usually this is like an NBA thing where it's like trade deadline time or free agency time where everybody starts moving. But usually the NFL, it's like, oh, this guy could get traded. This guy could, you know, resign. This guy could move in free agency, and then nothing happens. But now we're actually getting a little bit of movement.
2: Yeah. Oh, I think, like, Especially with the draft this year, because the quarterback class is generally viewed as weaker. You're going to see some of, the, some of the moves getting made here pretty quickly with some of these teams. Like, you know, obviously Russell Wilson, the writing's been on the wall there. I mean, that was a, that was a good trade for the Broncos. And then you have the opposite end of the spectrum which is the commanders trading for Carson Wentz. And so you're going to see, you know, how we'll see how it all plays out. But I think there's going to be more instances. We're still waiting on Garoppolo and these guys, like these teams are going to be really trying to just patch something in at quarterback because they know that they probably are getting it in the draft.
1: Even the guy behind you, who knows (laughs) what could happen?
2: Jordan love himself.
1: Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of quarterback needy teams going into this offseason. And I mean the list has been shown everywhere. You got like the Panthers, you got the Saints, you got the Colts Pittsburgh. now, you got Pittsburgh. I mean, there's there's a long list. And like you said, Mingo, there's not the the top tier guys in this draft class, or so the narrative has been pushed upon us. Um and so we'll we'll see kind of where we all fall with this because it's not over yet. I mean, as of about an hour ago, all criminal charges were cleared from Deshaun Watson. We'll get into that a little later, but that will open up more trade possibilities for him too. And so yeah, a lot, lot to talk about, a lot of content. Good day to have a podcast. I tell you what. Yes, indeed. So we'll jump in first. Well, we're going chronologically, Aaron Rodgers signs an extension. It gets reported from Rappaport that it is four years, 200 million. And then Aaron Rodgers comes on Twitter. He's like, oh, cool your jets. All right. I ain't not agree to that. I'll, I'll we'll, we'll report it when it's ready. Terms have not been decided, but I will be back to the Packers next year. So what, what do we, obviously this is good news for Packers fans. This yes. is bad news for people in the quarterback sweepstakes. Yes. But what do, what do we, how do we feel about this?
0: I mean, this,
1: if you're a Packers fan and you're saying,
0: hey, we're done with him, let's, let's trade him, let's get him out of here now, his, his price is high, you're an idiot. Yeah. Quarterbacks are everything in the NFL. And if, if you're a fan of a team, you should want that team to win a Super Bowl. Well, you know who's probably putting the Packers in the best situation to win a Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. He's back. Yep. And then following him, we got the franchise tag on Tay.
1: Yes. It's
0: the old kickball bundle. Yep. Which we kind of talked about before, too. That's <laughs> yeah,
2: it, it seemed like those two events were pretty much linked. Like the fact that it was on franchise tag day that we get the Rogers news. It seemed like he he was definitely waiting on that sort of a, an announcement from the team. And obviously he was having those conversations internally as well. But yeah, I mean, it, it made so much sense for him to come back. I don't think like I there was all the reporting happening over the last week or whatever, like suddenly it was the Steelers and the Broncos and there's all these teams popping up. And I'm like, I, I want to know how real some of that even was because it just felt like people were throwing names out of a bag when it was like really the only situations that made logistical sense were Denver and Green Bay. I don't see how he would have wanted or it would have worked for him to go anywhere else at this point.
1: Right. And if like Rogers and Devonte Adams were that package deal, like if Devante would have decided to go to where Rogers was going, which I don't know how likely that is, but then if he goes to Denver, which has the wide receiver core in place, and that's why it's an attractive destination for quarterbacks, it's like, why would they sign tay on top of that and so like it's just like there's a lot of things where it's like where are you best suited to win and the nfc north all three other teams in the nfc north are in that rut outside of maybe this the vikings are a little bit out of the rut but they are sliding down into the rut so the bears are clearly rebuilding uh, we'll talk about the Khalil Mack trade later, but they are cutting a lot of guys. They're freeing up cap space. They're trading for picks. So they're they're clearly on a rebuild. Uh, the Lions, we know what's going on with the Lions. They're working their way <laughs> up. Yeah. You you know <laughs> you ever uh, hear the hear the story of the guy that pushes the boulder up the hill and then right when he's about to get to the top, it rolls back down? Because <laughs> that's how I feel like they are with the Lions. Oh, it's like, man. oh, they got Matt Stafford, Kelvin Johnson. Oh, Kelvin Johnson retires. It's like, same thing happened with Barry Sanders. Oh, Barry Sanders retires. It's like, yeah. So, NFC North feels like the perfect place. It feels like five or six free wins a year. And so, I don't I don't know why he'd go to the AFC West where he's got to play Mahomes and Herbert four times a year and then Scrappy Raiders another two times. So, yeah, I love this. I mean, it makes a ton of sense for Rodgers. It makes a ton of sense for the team. Obviously, it's built to win now, and it's said to be a team-friendly deal as well from Pat McAfee. So we'll see what that actually means, whether that all the money is kind of front-loaded or on signing bonuses or whatever they end up doing because the cap is fake. We've all realized that. And then we'll uh, see what they can do in free agency <clears throat> to bring back Devondre Campbell, to bring back a few other guys. I'm sure they'll be getting rid of Sedarius and then move on from there. So yeah, we will have a lot of stuff to talk about during free agency week too.
0: Yeah. I thought that, you know, the idea of going to the AFC just in general, just why would you want to? Why you like you said, Herbert Mahomes just in the West. Then you've got Josh Allen, you've got Joe Burrow, who knows what step Mac Jones is gonna be taking in the future. It's like
1: um, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't does not like, suck yet.
0: And then you, you jump over to the NFC. Like you said, Rogers basically the only guy in the North. Then you've got who? I mean, Dak in the East and well, then yeah. obviously and, Stafford and then Kyler Murray in the West.
1: Right. And you look at like the NFC South too is completely decimated now that Tom Brady's yeah. gone. And so, yeah, it's definitely a, a much friendlier conference to be in.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Like it, w- it wouldn't have made any sense to me for him at this point to want that sort of a change which is why it always just seemed like the writing was on the wall that this was going to get done uh and i'm just glad that it it is done we don't have to speculate and go through this process we can move into the offseason move into the draft with the plans that you know he's going to be back and we're going to you know be super bowl contenders again
1: i'm glad you mentioned the draft because this is the hot button topic as of late uh the the gentleman in your background we took in the first round uh Jordan Love and it is said to be a wasted pick at this point uh some would argue that it lit a fire under Aaron Rodgers uh some would argue that it's nice to have a competent backup quarterback uh that is in development but it seems now if that contract is 4 years Jordan Love will be beyond his rookie contract. So, what where do we where do we go from there with with Jordan Love, do you think?
2: Look. This pick it's really easy to sit here today and look at it in terms of what happened after the pick was made. And I'll be the first to say it. That I hated the pick for this exact reason, because in a vacuum on that day, we thought Aaron Rodgers was going to be in Green Bay, undoubtedly for the long haul, and that he would most likely be playing past Love's rookie deal, which is why it made no sense. But at the same time. He won two MVPs since that pick was made. This was not a guy. I mean, he was Aaron Rodgers, but he was not this when that pick was made. So I, I cannot stand this opinion that this is one of the worst picks in draft history, blah, 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 because it's just not true. I mean, it, it's literally just history repeating itself where you have an aging star quarterback, you see great value at the end of the first with a guy that has supreme talent that would be the number 1 quarterback in this draft class and you just stuck your neck out and you made a move you got him at the end of the first you you know as insurance and if it doesn't work out if you know if we get to year 5 and it's you know time to pick up the option weighing what to do Rodgers is still invested in Green Bay then That So be it. You know, you just have to take those sorts of risks at a position that means so much to the success of your team.
0: It's a simple case of hindsight always wins. That's exactly what it is. Exactly what it is. Because if Rodgers did end up retiring this year, Jordan Love would be stepping in as the starter because we need him. So it's like, if that happened, people would be saying, oh. Maybe it was a smart move. It was a good idea. So,
1: yeah, you're 100% right, Miguel. Yeah, and you look at – so, again, dive into the narratives because that's what drives this – everything that's going on in the sports world right now. And you, you look at what Packers fans wanted the Packers to do. They picked Jordan Love at 26 and the the fans would have said hey could we get a wide receiver in the first round and the apparently the packers were eyeing justin jefferson uh but obviously it's really easy to say that right now that you're eyeing yeah. justin jefferson <laughs> hey so was everybody in dynasty uh, oh yeah no i was gonna take justin jefferson but you know i just ended I'm still up here. trying to get justin jefferson <laughs> right uh but obviously t higgins michael pittman jr both go pretty quickly after Jordan Love in the second round. Uh, then you got LaVisca Chenault, Chase Claypool, those guys, they went a little later. So the, the argument is Packers should have taken a receiver, should have taken T. Higgins. And it's like, yes, again, hindsight is 2020. Aaron Rodgers looked like he may have been on a downturn in terms of production. So you take the, the quarterback at 25 sit behind him for two years, maybe Aaron Rodgers retires. You have a guy you got him at 25 good talent needed some polishing. That's a guy that you have sit behind your hall of fame quarterback for two years. So was it a bad pick? Sure. Did it work out? Sure. I mean, we didn't yeah. win a super bowl, but two MVPs conference final or conference championship appearance, uh, divisional round, which is still, Divisional round is still really good, guys. Okay, I mean, don't don't let anybody tell you different. Uh, well. There there are teams that haven't made the playoffs since two thousand and two. Okay, <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't. For <laughs> greedy don't. bastards, okay. Yeah, is, <laughs> be be bastards. happy
1: be happy that we're in the times we are. Okay, there were times when we had Don Mikowski as a quarterback, and we didn't make the playoffs. Do you want that? Because I don't. I, I like to be in the divisional round. I like to have the playoffs to look forward to. I like having a first round bye. Shout out to Matt LaFleur. Okay. That's what I have to say about that.
2: I like beating inferior teams at home, but that just doesn't always happen either. But that's a whole other separate topic. <laughs> but what I what I Scott. wanted to say is like what look at the situation that Pittsburgh is in right now where yeah. you had an aging quarterback who was declining in talent and did not have this weird MVP resurgence that Rogers is having in his late thirties. Roethlisberger just continued to decline. They didn't invest in the position. They kept, you know, uh, investing in other areas of the roster, trying to be competitive. And ultimately it ends in a fluky playoff season that ends in disaster. Basically, Uh, and Roethlisberger retires, and now you're sitting here with Mason Rudolph and a mid-to-late first-round pick in a terrible quarterback class. So they're going to be figuring out the position for the next two years at least, and I would much rather, if I was a Steelers fan, had found an opportunity, if it was available, to develop a player like Love behind roethlisberger and have him as the guy that was there it just so happens that aaron Rodgers is not ben roethlisberger he's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and he proved that once again so it's yeah it's completely hindsight and i looking back i'm totally fine with that pick
1: sweet uh so rogers is good uh the jordan love pick was not horrible and we're going to move on to however many more years of Aaron Rodgers and be able to look forward to playoff appearances and potential MVP seasons. Glad, glad that's all. I like buttoned that. Up. That's not, that sounds that's great. A, sounds Sounds like a lot better of a future than a, a fuck ton of question marks yeah. with like. And see now, now moving into the next part of the draft process because obviously the NFL draft is next month. And the Packers, again, have a low first-round pick, have Aaron Rodgers. But what's different this year is they have one in three receivers on the roster going into next year. It's Devontae Adams, who's franchise-tagged, it's Alan Lazard, and it's Amari Rodgers. Alan Lazard has been a wide receiver two-and-a-half for his entire time here. He's a blocking receiver that gets open off of play-action. We have Amari Rodgers, who was drafted in the third round last year, was a nice value, but didn't produce much last year. Uh, Hopefully can see a little more next year out of a slot guy. So they should draft a wide receiver at the end of the first round this year because this is a nice wide receiver class, and the end of the first round seems like a perfect spot to get great value on a wide receiver. Somebody like George Pickens, somebody like Christian Watson, Somebody in that range because obviously you're going to see those top guys go early. The Drake London's, the Traylon Burks, the uh, Jameson Williams will probably go early. I mean, Olave, Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson, those guys will probably be gone. So then you're looking at the second tier, and there's still a lot of good guys that have a few question marks. Packers should go get one of those guys, especially in this draft class because Aaron Rodgers has cited that he likes to have a tall receiver to throw to. Christian Watson is six foot four. 225 and runs a four 4-3, three. Like four three eight. And George Pickens <laughs> is six one, six two, about two twenty. He runs about a four-four. Guess what? And he's been studying Devontae yeah, Adams. And he looks up to Devontae Adams. Guess who would be perfect to uh be on his team as his wide receiver coach? <sighs> Devontae Adams. So there are receivers right in that range that would be perfect for this team as a wide receiver too guess what they'd be fucking great in fantasy too all right yeah so that's that's all i, I, I just putting it out there that's an open prompt if anybody wants to take it
2: well i just am, i'm just terrified to to <laughs> invest excited. any hope in that <laughs> because it's it's so reminiscent of 2020 it really is there's so many guys that are first round talents at the position we have a late first it's shaping up that there's going to be a supremely talented player available at wide receiver. And it just so happens that when we look back on it, there was, his name was T Higgins Mm. and I would have given anything for the Packers to draft him. Um, But obviously we just talked about what actually happened. Uh, And now it's just going to set up the same way. Again, Pickens. Watson, I mean, I don't know, you know, we don't exactly know how the board's going to fall. Maybe Watson climbed out of the range now with his measurables, but either way, there's going to be a very, very talented receiver available for them to take. And it's just going to come down to, will they pull the trigger? And I've, I've seen a lot of mock drafts that have them taking receiver. And I've also heard a lot of people say, if they don't do it this year, we're never mocking them a receiver again because they just won't do it
1: yep and that's that's what i saw last year too it was a lot of people i i can't remember exactly who was getting mocked to us but it was a lot of like or bateman bateman was a popular mock to the packers and it was like i mean i'd like to have bateman on the packers but it that didn't end up happening obviously he's on the ravens and so yeah we'll we'll see if they, they end up doing that but Skipped over some news. We'll go back in time a little bit. Calvin Ridley is <laughs> suspended for speaking the of receivers. Yeah, speaking of receivers, yes. uh, there you go. We saw a, a report come out. It's like, hey, Calvin Ridley suspended all of next year for sports betting. We're like, what the fuck? And then Calvin Ridley comes out, tweets three times. And he's like, hey, I don't have a gambling problem. It was $1,500, which is like a nickel for me. And so he apparently went to, on the Hard Rock Casino app in Florida, placed three parlay bets. Uh, One was a five leg, one was a seven leg, and one was a nine leg. Calvin, if you want to waste your money, you can shoot it to me. There's no reason to make a nine leg parlay. Okay. And again, uh, this this could have been problematic if he's like, hey, I'm going to take the Falcons under uh, 190 passing yards because I know that they're going to be giving the ball to Cordell Patterson every play. But guess what? He was away from the team. So it he didn't have any input on game plan. He didn't have any insight on game plan. So he was basically a guy betting money on games, apparently took the falcons money lines in certain parlays so he's betting on the falcons to win games which shout out to you calvin because that's a lot more loyalty than i would have to my dog shit team Uh, Uh, when they're playing the jags in london so that's uh, yeah that's fair Uh, like if he had been like yeah i'm gonna put kyle pitts over receiving yards in my parlay like he might be like Okay, you can flag that. We know he's going to throw it to him a hundred times. But anyway, what, what do we think about the, the Calvin Ridley situation?
0: It's it's very simple. If you are a player in the league, you cannot bet on games in your league. Yeah, and it's that that's that's the entire thing.
2: It's true. There, there, there are so many narratives flying around about this too that are just so confusing to me. Like, I my initial reaction was like what is the NFL doing with the term of this suspension? And then I feel like people like overcorrected, like people were mad about the length of the suspension, but then they were like, wait, are we also mad that he's even getting suspended? And then it turned into this whole thing, like the NFL profits off of these sports books. So why don't the play, why, why are they suspending player? And it's like, it is not this complicated. Like you cannot bet. If you're a player, you can, it's, it's that way in any sport that has ever existed. People have been blacklisted from sports and from hall of fames for doing this. Like that is not even part of this conversation. It's just the fact that they came down so decisively with a one year. And also, I mean, it's a one year minimum. It's like indefinite, basically, like it could extend past this. Uh, for a guy who, who is betting on games versus you know, some of the instances that we've seen in the past with domestic violence or other forms of violent crime, and it just it's just very inconsistent with how they've approached those sorts of issues. And so that was my issue with it. But then all of a sudden it was like, Well, maybe the player should be able to bet. And it's like, no, that's no. not <laughs> stop saying that. So
1: given that. Do you guys think the punishment fits the crime? Do you think a one-year suspension, given the the suspensions they given for other issues, should this be one year? First of all, obviously, I, I think we can all agree that uh, violent crimes should be worth more than what are, they are given, <laughs> because yeah. like six games for like beating a woman on camera is not great, uh, but you know, given that they're giving out a six month suspe- or six game suspension for that. Do you guys think it's fine that it's a seventeen game suspension for Ridley?
0: Well, the the best point that I heard against the suspension was if you give a guy say three games or even six games, and then the guy starts, okay, well. I'm going to lose this much money in this time. Okay. Well, if I can make a bet and then I can, you know, have better control over this bet to make sure I win it. And then I can win more money than I would lose in those six games. That's where things could start unraveling because sure. the NBA was almost shut down. in what, what was it? The seventies or the eighties
1: mm-hmm.
0: because of uh, refs. Throwing yep. games? Yep. And so it's like, these guys, they care about money more than they care about playing football. And so, that's when you're getting in a real sketchy situation. So, this $11 million that Calvin Ridley's losing, I, I think he's going to remember, you know, hey, that's a pretty big hole, because he basically bet 1500 and lost $11 million. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I'm sure he lost all his parlays, too, because... Nobody wins a fucking nine leg parlay. Parlay, parlay parlay, like I said. Like nobody you don't you don't make a nine leg. You just come on, make nine so, separate bets if you're gonna do it.
0: So yeah, the point of the suspension was more of protecting the integrity of the game so that it doesn't become a trend if it became like a regular thing. If guys were like, Oh, I'm only getting three games. Well shit. <laughs> if yeah. I can make this much money, but right. no, why not? Okay. Type of thing.
2: It just doesn't sit right with me. It really doesn't. When I mean, I I fully endorse any sort of punishment that is decisive enough to say, we will not tolerate betting in this league because the point about integrity is valuable. You cannot have this influencing the results of games. But at the same time, you're also sending a message that is, you can be a perpetrator of domestic violence and that isn't harming our product as much as this is. So we will not punish you as severely. And that is the point where I am I'm very like upset about how this has played out. And I hope that the NFL uses this as an experience to learn from where it's like, okay, This is what we had to do to make sure that this never happens again. How about we extend that to something like violent crime and try to eradicate it from our game by coming down on people and saying, we're not going to tolerate this in our league because it's harmful to our product at the very least. If they're going to be vain about it, say it's harming my product, we're going to eradicate it. That's all it takes. But the next time I see a suspension come down that six games again, it's going to just be there's going to just be a sour taste in my mouth after seeing what happened here.
1: Yeah. And that, that's where I'm sitting. It's like, I, it's, it's right to say, hey, you, and you, they're setting Ridley as a precedent because obviously sports betting on the NFL became legal widely last, at the beginning of this season. And so now they had their first uh, kind of point where it's like, hey, we can set a precedent on how we're going to punish people who bet on games. And so if they're going to say, hey, you're done for the next year if you bet on a game, period, then that's fine. But for more serious crimes, the punishment must also be more serious because if you're going to shut a guy down for a season – for betting on games which is bad because that could lead to people breaking games could lead to people you know being invested in winning money rather than winning football games and that's bad for the brand and bad for the product and I get that but it's also bad for the brand to have people who beat women <laughs> like it's point blank period and so shut them down for a season if they're going to do that and if they're found guilty and all that go through the the natural law and all that obviously but if they're found guilty the punishment must also fit that crime so i'm fully agree with you mingo but yeah ridley sucks for him very stupid like to do it period and uh, at least one season off for ridley uh, who already set out half of last season to help with his mental issues that he was having um and then bet on games while he was away and now struck with a season long and there was a lot of rumors about him anyway about him wanting to leave atlanta and all that so very interesting situation going on there but yep ridley is done but we can move on to our other Quarterback news that we got right after the Rodgers domino fell. And that was the massive Russell Wilson trade. So we've been hearing Denver is looking for a quarterback, specifically Aaron Rodgers. As soon as that Aaron Rodgers news broke, the the Broncos were like, all right, you resign there. Well, time to text my side chick. Got Russell Wilson and a fourth for a 2023 first round pick drew lock noah fant shelby harris a 2023 second round pick and three picks this year 2022 first round pick which will be the ninth overall pick 2022 second round pick and a 2022 fifth round pick so you got three picks in this draft two picks next year in the first and second round drew lock Noah Fant, shelby harris what are your thoughts
0: well, Russell Wilson went from being the, the, the fourth or the third best quarterback, I'd say, in the NFC West to being the third best quarterback in the AFC West. <laughs> and, um, You know, it's, it was the plan B. The Broncos said, no, 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 no. It wasn't, it wasn't plan B. It was clearly <laughs> plan B. It, was, yes, it was clearly. Literally happened literally two hours after the Rodgers news. Um, but yeah, Broncos get a quarterback, and that was—that's what they've needed. They've been in quarterback purgatory since Peyton retired, and and he w- even wasn't that good when he was there. I mean, they won the Super Bowl, but I—I I wouldn't really say it was on his shoulders. And you know, you got Elway out there, and Denver's a—it's a football city before it's anything else. And so, so good for Denver. Shout it to them. But how how
1: I'm low all, on Russell Wilson. I'm just. I don't understand how Denver hasn't transitioned into being a basketball city since they have like one of the best basketball players alive.
0: It's a whole <laughs> like, different conversation.
1: Anyway, yeah, sorry. I won't, I won't put us off on that tangent, but like, God, that's annoying because they, they're they <laughs> like, yeah, go Broncos, baby. Drew Locke and Bradley Chubb. Meanwhile, we have, they have the MVP. Yeah, Nikola Jokic out there dominating, but. That's a different conversation for a different greatest BC
0: in the NBA.
1: Absolutely.
2: I I hate I'm starting to really dislike Adam Schefter yeah. on Twitter because he is he's starting to like get into this territory of like reporting the emotional aspects of certain news, and like one of them was like The Broncos were in talks with Seattle for weeks. This has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. And it's just like, if the Broncos PR team wants to put that out there to make Russell Wilson feel like he was their guy all along, then great. But I don't need to hear that from Adam Schefter because everybody knows that's BS. Yeah. the news breaks that Rodgers is coming back and then the Broncos decide we're going to pull the trigger on this trade because we're not getting Aaron Rodgers that's i mean it's as cut and dry as that but at the same time it's an excellent move for Denver this is i mean this is the price that they paid was not not high enough for Russell Wilson and i saw i mean it twitter was pretty divided you had people saying like The Seahawks got ripped and then you had people saying like oh what a haul man we're back like we're we're gonna do the rebuild and it's like do you even understand what you just lost (laughs) exactly exactly so from that angle huge win for Denver I mean we we were talking about it like all season last year how talented the roster is the skill positions are great everybody every one of those guys gets a boost now in fantasy like jerry Judy, such a hot name right now um and on the on the flip side of it for seattle the move doesn't make any sense to me unless they are targeting a quarterback at nine i don't understand how you can make this trade unless you are confident saying the successor to wilson comes at nine and then it was reported almost immediately after the trade came through that they were taking a pretty hard look at Willis at the combine. So if that's true, then you you can understand the thought process a little bit more, but even then it's like well you I mean you basically traded this for Jamal Adams, man, and you just got it back for your star quarterback. So
1: Yeah, and it's, it's not like Malik Willis is a bulletproof prospect either. Right. And you it's
0: it's a big case of known versus unknown. Yeah. You know, they got the known guy. The Broncos got the guy that we know is a pretty damn good quarterback, but
2: maybe he, maybe he really didn't ever want to play there again. Maybe that, you know, that it was simply the fact that he was all out. They needed to trade him. They got a, you know, a respectable amount of assets back they're in position to take a guy that they like at quarterback and roll the dice on somebody. So, you know, maybe that's what it was, but yeah, it, for, it's a huge win for Denver.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's kind of where I was going. It's like Denver, like Joe said, has been in quarterback purgatory. All, all you want in this league is a quarterback. And like we said, with the Packers, you seal up a lot of cracks when you have that hall of fame quarterback mm-hmm. on your team oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. and seattle decided they're like okay pete carroll and russell wilson have a fresh relationship you know there's some other guys that don't love russell wilson that athletic piece <laughs> you always wait for that like hit piece to come out like how long is it going to take the athletic came out with it the next day they're like hey this is what was going on in seattle Uh, so there was a few relationships that were not great there. And so he probably wanted out or else they probably wouldn't have done this. And so Pete Carroll gets his team. They get to go to a new quarterback. And my vision for the Seattle Seahawks is a rebrand. I know you don't really care about this show. I know you don't, I know you don't care about the jerseys and the, but I just, the, the Russell Wilson era will be, Seen by the navy blue jerseys with the silver numbers and the green trim. Now we move back to the throwbacks. Go back to the the blue with the the white numbers, the the block numbers. Put Malik Willis in them. That's gonna look nice. I'm excited. I'll put a little picture of them down here, oh, right here, it's on the YouTube video. We'll see. It. It's gonna be it's gonna be oh beautiful. And then we move on to the Broncos. They get a quarterback. Who has never thrown over the middle of the field. So people are going to say, hey, Jerry Judy, stock up. Guess what? It's not going to be because of Jerry Judy. His stock will go up, but I don't think it's going to be what everybody thinks it's going to be. Russell Wilson does not throw quick passes, Russell Wilson does not throw over the middle. Jerry Judy should be in a timing offense because he runs disgusting routes. He will break you down. This is what Aaron Rodgers and Devonte Adams have lived off of the slant and the quick out. So the quick out could still be there, but Jerry Judy excels on inside breaking routes, breaks guys down. It's nasty. The problem is Russell Wilson is really bad at throwing over the middle. Guess what? He's still 5'11 and he's getting older. I, I'm sorry to point it out, but it's always been there. He's really good at throwing over the middle. He's really good at throwing or really good at throwing outside, really good at throwing deep, always struggled throwing over the middle. So I don't, in a dynasty perspective, this might be a good time to actually, I I hate to say this, sell Jerry Judy, because though he may be getting a stock up and you will see improvement out of Judy, there are people that think, He is going to be a wide receiver one next year, finally, now that they have a quarterback. I just don't think that him and Russell Wilson mesh as well as people think they're going to. I think Cortland Sutton and Russell Wilson will mesh very well since he is an outside threat. He is a ball winner. He is that kind of guy that Russell was going to with. I don't think he plays anything like DK Metcalf, though some people have compared him to that. DK Metcalf is really fast. Cortland Sutton's not so fast. Cortland Sutton's a little better of a route runner, though, and he runs a lot of outbreaking routes. That's what Wilson likes to throw to. So, if I were to say to sell a guy and buy a guy in this deal, sell Judy, buy Sutton. Sell Fant. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can't sell Fant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Russell Wilson. There's the moniker of Rust Ball. I mean... That's that's what he plays, and that's why, like, I mean, they brought in Shane Waldron last year. They're going to run the Sean McVay-style offense, you know, quick hitters and everything, and, and Russ just refuses to do that. He doesn't take checkdowns. Like I said, he doesn't throw the quick stuff. He doesn't throw over the middle. So if he's not running, which he really hasn't since, like, 2018, 2017, he's – not as effective as a quarterback, and you've seen that in Seattle. Seattle hasn't been that good the last few years because Russ wants to sit in the pocket, extend plays, and then chuck it as far as he can because he knows he has a cannon arm. And that's the simple thing about Russell Wilson.
1: And also the thing about the Seahawks offense is it's been very predicated on the Pete Carroll experience where they'll run very heavily on first and second down and then say, hey, Russ, save us on third down which has been a disaster. So if they are going away from that and running the Lafleur kind of offense with Nathaniel Hackett, which is a big deal here because he did get the coaching job there, then if Judy slots into a Devontae Adams kind of role, which he could, but that's the upside that you would be shopping him for is kind of what I'm saying. If I'm not saying trade Jerry Judy no matter what. I'm saying trade Jerry Judy to a guy that thinks he's going to be Devonte Adams.
2: It's always yeah. worth it in this situation to capitalize on hype. I will preface this by saying I am very happy for Jerry Judy because this should be his moment. Even if, even if the stylistic, you know, mesh, if it doesn't mesh well stylistically, that shouldn't matter significantly enough that you can't get this guy the ball now with a competent passer. So this should be his moment because we've been waiting. I mean, he had the injury last year. He had a good rookie season. There's this whole perception that he hasn't done anything yet. It's just not true. Yeah. Now is his moment. That being said, and I tweeted this at you, Joe, always go in the opposite direction Because everybody is going to be panicking about DK Metcalf right now. Oh, who's throwing him the ball? We got to sell him. Buy him. Buy him low because who knows what's going to happen? They might trade for Deshaun Watson tomorrow. So,
1: yeah.
2: uh, And Jerry Judy, it's like you said, Colin, like if somebody is like the biggest Jerry Judy fan in the world, they think this is his ticket to 1,400 yards next year, like. 10 touchdowns then sure go ahead capitalize on the value because there are no guarantees i am you know i am hopeful for judy i i wish that i had him on my team but that being said if somebody came to me and was like i'll give you two firsts for him f- okay fine because <laughs> yeah. he hasn't played to that level yet yeah. so I, I would do it
1: yeah and but prior to his rookie season you, you looked at him in this like This is a maybe top 12, like wide receiver asset, like a dynasty wide receiver asset. There was that kind of rarefied air about him. Him and CeeDee Lamb were these guys, the next star receivers. And then Jerry Judy goes out, gets 112 targets and 54 catches. Think think about that. Just for, I'll let that stew about 50% of his targets he caught. And guess what? He had nine drops. All right, factor that math in now. <laughs> so, Jared Judy had a quarterback problem, and then he got hurt in his second year. Listen, if he converts, I said this before this season, if he converts, if 20 more of those are catchable passes, which still only puts him at like 70% of his passes were catchable, then we're looking at an incredible rookie season. And then year two, high ankle sucks. You saw, you've seen that Saquon hasn't been the same since he's had his high ankle injury. And so you got to give him the rest of that year. You can't expect him to produce at an elite level. He was doing pretty good before the high ankle injury. Mm -hmm. Now we're going into year three. Year three is the breakout year. And you add fuel to the fire by getting him an elite Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. So Jerry Judy is poised for a breakout. But does he have the talent to break out to a wide receiver one level? That's yet to be seen. So there's a dichotomy here where it's like he could be the guy, and then there's another situation where it's like he could be really a lot more disappointing than people are expecting.
2: I'll also point out the fact that he's going to start this season at 23. And if you like a guy like Christian Watson, yeah. he's already there. Exactly. So it, there's that element to it, too, where he's just kind of getting started.
1: Yep. So the, that's, the, that's laying out the case for anybody listening that's uh, waffling on Jerry Judy. We just made it so much clearer for you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i love judy man i love him so much i, I
1: yeah. do too i'm glad i have him is honestly where i'm because it's like oh, i held I on could. to that stock yep yeah uh all right so are we good to move on does anybody have any other thoughts on the russell wilson i don't like
0: russell wilson as a person
2: same because thank you I for saying that
0: incredibly <laughs> annoying and if i had to be around this man for a long time Every single day, it would drive me absolutely crazy.
1: It really would. It's just so weird. Yeah, Mr. Unlimited, baby.
2: (laughs) Weird, dude.
1: So, the Aaron Rodgers domino fell. The Russell Wilson domino fell. So, the next one we were all waiting for, the Carson Wentz domino. (laughs) So, the, the commanders were looking for a quarterback, they obviously called every single team. We mentioned that. They called every single team. Yeah. Even Andy Reid and the, and the Chiefs. He said, hey, <laughs> what you, you guys want for Mahomes? We'll give you eighth first. I'm like, uh, but Carson Wentz got traded to the Washington Commanders. Uh, Colts get a third round pick in 2023. A 2022 second round pick. 2022 third round pick. The third round pick, the first one that I mentioned, will become a second round pick if Carson Wentz can be on the field for over 70% of snaps this upcoming season. Washington gets back Wentz, a seventh round pick in this upcoming draft, as well as a second round pick in this upcoming draft. Uh, Please take the floor. RIP Terry McLaurin.
2: This is one of the worst, this is one of the worst trades that's ever been made in the NFL. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Like I, I cannot even fathom how a team has watched Carson Wentz for this long and in a change of scenery, that's everybody's favorite motto. You know, we just needs a change of scenery. Well, we saw that and yeah. he was still terrible. And now you're telling me that this guy is still Getting premier NFL draft capital? I mean, a second round pick. That I mean, you gotta be kidding me, dude. That that is the worst. Like Washington has this like fun, exciting team, a lot of playmakers, good names on defense now. They just throw it, throw it away by making this trade. I understand that you're not gonna get your quarterback of the future, most likely, in this draft class. Why are you wasting a year? $28 million this year, just down the drain. This is this. And Trayvon Diggs said it perfectly on Twitter, just tweeting a smiley face. Like everybody knows it, man. (laughs) Nobody likes this guy. His teammates hate him. The defenders are happy to play against him. He's a cancer in the NFL. And now he is going on to a team that somehow believes in him enough to shell over. Decent draft capital to make him their starter. I just do not understand
1: three day two picks for Carson Wentz. Oh my God. I and like so the Eagles did this when they traded him away. They're like, hey, if Wentz plays seventy percent of snaps, our second or the second round pick turns into a first round pick. How does that sound? And the team fell into the trap, being like, yeah, Wentz can't stay healthy, you know. And then Wentz goes and plays over seventy percent of snaps. And now the Eagles have three top 15 picks. And so this pick will likely be a second-round pick. So they'll have a 2022 second-round pick, which is a nice wide receiver class. Or they could even get a quarterback, the Colts, in this pretty average quarterback draft class. A third-round pick. Again, a lot of good defense players and receivers. Uh, And then next year is projected to be a very good draft class in 2023 class and that could be a second round pick imagine if the commanders suck which is not unlikely carson went through 15 left-handed passes this year okay <laughs> there's no <laughs> way okay we'll just sit with the, we'll sit with that for a second Okay, so imagine the Commanders suck. Wentz plays 78% of offensive snaps, and the, the the Colts have a top 10 or a top, like, 40 pick because they traded Carson Wentz after the picks they get this year. Like, what are we doing, man? What are we doing? So this is this is bad. This the only thing this does is leaves the Colts without a quarterback, leaves them in that quarterback hunt. But golly, this is bad.
0: (laughs) I'm convinced the Colts have a backup plan. They've got to know something. Yeah. So you're assuming a guy like uh, Jimmy Garoppolo or maybe even a Kirk Cousins could wind up on Indy, or who knows? Maybe they've been talked to Andrew Luck, and it's like. (laughs) I I think we've heard that the last couple of years.
1: You see him. (laughs) Anything's possible. You see him on the broadcast. He's looking a little small. (laughs)
0: Hey, I heard that this guy could put on like thirty pounds in a week and a half.
1: Hey, so could I. I
2: don't. I don't even care, man. I don't even care if the Colts have a plan because you're better off without this guy. You're just better off without him. I would like Washington's situation a lot better if they didn't have him on their team right now. And it's like
0: is it that much of an upgrade over taylor heineke that's the what i was
2: saying and player people were very violent against that opinion on twitter and I, and there were a lot of people that were saying look at carson wentz stats from last year he had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions this is a good quarterback and it's like Oh, I'm sorry. Have you ever watched Carson Wentz like play a game? Like, have you ever watched that happen? Because clearly you haven't. If you think that this stat line is telling me anything,
1: yeah, this is this is bad. This is how you know that the teams are low on the quarterback class. This is the epitome of that, where they're like, I mean, three day two picks for Wentz. I I just I I can't get over that,
2: and, and then you had the, and then you had the piece come out too that they all hate him. It, yeah. it, it comes out right away that he's literally a terrible leader, and everybody doesn't like him. And Frank Reich apologized for vouching for him. Like <laughs> he he's truly like a terrible person and a terrible player.
1: So that's that's the next part of this. It was Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate in 2018, right? And that was, yeah. okay, <laughs> let me, let, let me finish. <laughs> we all know I'm anti Carson Wentz, but this is, this is what's going around is Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate in 2018 with Frank Wright as their offense coordinator, Frank Reich. Sorry. I can't speak. Uh, and now he gets traded to the Colts with Frank Reich as their coach. So obviously resurgent season. No, everybody hates somebody sucked. Okay. Now, why are you trading? three day two picks for him (laughs) what are we doing (laughs) did you not again like bingo said did you not watch him play like when you're about to trade for a guy do you not watch like some film because i if i'm gonna make a trade in dynasty i like need a day and a half to just like see if this guy's good like is he actually good is he gonna stick around a while no it's like a bad qb class no no, going to get Taylor Heineke 2.0 with a bad attitude. Yeah. And
0: again, is he even Taylor Heineke 2.0? Well,
1: I, I mean, at least yeah.
0: Heineke's a leader. He's got some fire. Yeah. Wentz listens to gospel music pregame. Oh, oh, like, that's oh. the guy you're relying on. <laughs> if, if that's if, – Hey, no offense to gospel music, but if, <laughs> if that's your hype music you're listening to to try to get you in the zone, to go get your ass kicked, by three hundred pound men, like come on now.
1: Who Jimmy Butler listens to Taylor Swift?
0: Well, uh, Jimmy Butler also loves country. Joe yeah. doesn't care.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, People no, love uh, Jimmy Butler.
0: Yeah, there's a big difference here.
1: It's true, and yeah, so this was this was pretty gross. Um, so now we can move into a little bit of the the fantasy implications here. Uh, obviously, Terry McLaurin's never played with a quarterback. It's, We're going to continue that trend into 2022. Um, They don't have Antonio Gibson. I mean, I'm sure his stock doesn't change at all from this. It's about the same. Um, Jonathan Taylor. What do we think? What do we think about that? Is there any change there? Or is he just going to get the ball more next year?
0: Frank Reich knows now to give him the ball more because of what you got his shit ripped apart when he was trying to defend Carson. Yeah. And uh, that's that's why people are saying go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that's not going to check out a run plays like Carson Wentz apparently was. Yeah. So it's like they're going to be giving the best guy on the team the ball as much as possible no matter who's undersized.
1: Yeah, I feel like Garoppolo is probably the perfect quarterback for this type of offense that they should be running. Um but uh, Chris Ballard apparently had interest in Jordan Love in that 2020 draft when Love was drafted. So there could be a connection there, but I don't know if the Packers even trade him at this point. It's like the only game that Love has put on tape was not great. And so why give up on a backup quarterback with upside when you could just hold on to him, burden hand?
0: Especially a guy that's on a rookie contract. Yeah, that's what I just keep going back to. Why would why would you give that up? Like, do, yeah,
1: do you really want like Tim Boyle when you could have Jordan Love? Like it's what's the difference, honestly? Well
2: yeah. the thing the thing is too, like there there's a part of me that's like if you I mean you should be able to get a second round pick for Jordan Love, like yeah. undoubtedly right now. So if you have reservations about his ability do you capitalize on that right now knowing that rogers is most likely going to be playing for you for another two years you're you're going to already be in a difficult position with love's contract at that point do you just take what you can get and just figure it out later from that point of view i'm like it makes sense but at the same time You know if they do have belief that he is the guy that can step up then you you're not going to part with that for a second so it's it's a tough spot but if i'm the colts i'm absolutely like trying to make that happen like i i would much rather give up a second round pick for jordan love than like a third round pick for jimmy garoppolo
1: yeah Yeah. and i'm i'm rerouting this pick that i just got from the commanders right to the packers right exactly Yeah, so you, yeah. that that turns into you getting probably a second round pick next year, Jordan Love, and a third round pick for Carson Wentz. So like that's a and that's and that's a big W, yeah. Yeah. So that that's our our last quarterback. Well, we have another quarterback situation, but first we had another trade. Uh, Khalil Mack got sent to the Chargers for a 2022 second round pick. And a 2023 sixth round pick. Uh obviously Bears going into rebuild mode, gonna build around Justin Fields, um, new coaching staff. Did they end up going off a of pace? If I'm not mistaken. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. So new new management group, new coaching staff, all in on Justin Fields. So this is obviously a move in that direction that second round pick is in this upcoming draft so that'll get help into that team right away so i mean how do how do we feel about this
0: i like it i mean try to just get another guy that's going to be really effective on that defensive line uh frees up joy bosa for more uh one-on-one coverage mac was still really good last year before he got hurt and was out for the rest of the year i think he had like what, six sacks in seven games or something like that to start the year. So he's still effective. And um, I mean, the chargers need defense. They need defense. So good move by them and not a bad move by Chicago. I mean, at this point, like you said, they're in rebuild mode, collect as many draft assets as you can for guys. Um, It also looks like, I think Akeem Hicks was talking to the Vikings. So it looks like he's probably on his way out too. So that bears defensive line is going to be pretty weak this upcoming year. So it's going to be a whole lot of, lot of bad football in Chicago.
1: Yes.
2: You gave up three day, two picks for Carson Wentz and you gave up one for Khalil Mack. So, I mean, (laughs) like, and, and yeah, sure. He's getting older. The production hasn't really been there the last few years, but uh, Mina Kimes had the great, point of they're maximizing their window on herbert's rookie deal they're they're going for it like it's a it's a very low risk high reward type of a move and you pair him with joey bosa you make that defense better you have derwin james there you have guys on that team right now that you know it should be a playoff team it should have been a playoff team this year now if you can get what you know if you can get 10 sacks out of Khalil Mack that is so huge for this team and and it for uh, at the cost that they gave up I mean when you look at the uh, the overall investment for the Bears I mean they lost their ass on this one
1: yeah. and the
2: Chargers kind of just reaped the benefits here.
1: Yep. This is just it's the Chargers had the most cap space in the NFL and so it's kind of like oh what are they going to do in this off season uh Resigned Mike Williams to a massive contract that maybe we'll get to a little later. And then great. trade for Cleo Mack, who's making, I think, $25 million. Uh, so it is pretty gaudy, gaudy contracts getting handed out in Los Angeles. But like you said, Mingo, they have that quarterback on a rookie contract, which is the most important thing in football. And capitalizing on that having one of the best quarterbacks in the league on a rookie contract. It's how Seattle won a super bowl. I mean, that's kind of yeah, the precedent set that was sent because that defense was dominant I Had Russell Wilson that could get it done. I think Justin Herbert right now is better than Russell Wilson ever has been, but that's a different conversation that we might not even need to have. Um, but yeah, so that's a good trade by them. They're trying to get stuff done. They needed defensive help badly i am of the opinion that they need run defense desperately more than they need pass rush uh, first
2: round pick is ripe for the picking yeah, so, for a run defender
1: so pick 17 they have that's right in the range of a guy like devin lloyd and kobe dean or even jordan davis if he falls that would be a huge presence in the middle so we'll we'll see what they do there but that's a nice spot for someone to, to plug up some run lanes. So next up I'll, we had eight franchise tags. I'll go through them all. If you guys want to talk about them, just stop me. Okay. First of all, we had David and Joku got tagged by the Browns one year, 10 mil. Basically you do it to a tight end because it's only $10 million. David Anjoku is pretty good. Orlando Brown, franchise tagged, okay, one year, sixteen point six million. Jesse Bates, tagged by Cincinnati, one year, twelve point nine million. Mike Gesicki, one year, ten point nine million from the Dolphins. Basically, he's a wide receiver now getting paid yep. tight end franchise tag money. Lined up. This is this is a, something you'll hear uh, <laughs> a lot. lined up outside more than Cooper Cup. (laughs) This is like so. Mike Kasecki. But but my
0: rule if you are uh, within eight yards of the line of scrimmage, still still tight end.
1: There you go. Get paid like a tight end. And that's going to continue with Dalton Schultz. One year, 10.9 mil from the Cowboys. Uh, Cam Robinson. So this this was one of the more interesting ones. Cam Robinson, franchise tagged, one year, 16.6. So the Jags have the number one pick in the draft. We're basically odds-on favorite to take Evan Neal or any of the other tackles. Basically, hey, the Jags are going to take a tackle. Now it's interesting because they obviously don't need that left tackle because Cam Robinson is going to have it nailed down. Right tackle is much less of a value need For a number one pick you don't really look at a lot of teams spending the number one pick on a right tackle so what do you guys think the jags do do you think they still go tackle shore up that o-line for trevor lawrence or do you think they go somewhere else to either help out that defense or what, what do you what do you guys think here
2: i still think you go tackle yeah i i it's you just need to protect the franchise you have to do it and i mean cam robinson has been has been good but you're talking about premier left tackle play with either neil or aquanu so to me you can kick robinson to the right side and have great tackles on on both sides of things keep lawrence upright keep him healthy build out that offense and maximize his potential with Doug Peterson.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think that just the there, – there's three tackles in this class. If you take any of them, you're doing good. And so whether that's Neil, whether that's cross, whether that's a you're sitting in a good place if you take one of them to protect your guy. So uh, Devontae Adams, one-year, 20 mil. Talked about that earlier. Package deal with Rodgers. Uh, Chris Godwin, one year, nineteen point one from Tampa Bay. This one was interesting. Uh, We didn't know if he was going to go get his big deal in free agency, but Tampa Bay took care of him for one more year while he rehabs from the ACL. Cool. That everybody. Uh, that's that's everybody that uh, signed franchise tags. Um, had some guys sign extensions too. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, had Mike Williams that we covered three years, $60 million. That's a big contract for Mike Williams.
0: <laughs> <Fat>. <laughs> you stay healthy.
1: Yeah, because that's like uh. what DeAndre Hopkins is making. And DeAndre Hopkins was one of the, if not the best receiver for like four years. And Mike Williams has had like one solid season that he kind of fizzled towards the end of. So this one, that that confused me. Because I know you got cap space, I understand that Los Angeles. But, yeah. like uh, Grandma says when she hands you a hundred dollar bill, don't spend this all in one place, <laughs> and that's what they decided to do here. Uh, like
2: on on one hand, though, like I get it because you have Justin Herbert, you have had the same wider... like Keenan Allen, Mike Williams have been there the whole while, like the rate for receivers on the market is always stupid. Like right. you always see these things happening. Like, uh, Paul Richardson, like who the hell is that? Yeah. He made a shit ton of money a few years ago. Like, it's just, I guess if you have the money and you want to keep that core intact and like if Justin Herbert vouched for him, then like, sure, I guess whatever.
1: Yeah. Yeah uh and then let's see are there any other harold landry signed a five-year 87 million dollar contract keep that defense in tennessee going they had a great pass rush especially down the stretch last year um josh gordon apparently signed a contract extension that's nice Yep. hope he's six jake kumaro unfortunately will not be joining the packers signed an extension with the with the bills um and Max Crosby. Max Crosby was the big one. Yes. Signed today a four-year, $95 million contract. Oh. So that's, that's a fat Good one. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So that, that's, our, that's our free agency primer. That is everybody that has gotten tagged or signed an extension. The free agency period will start on the 13th, I believe if I'm not mistaken, Uh, and then then we'll start seeing some some action. We have a lot of big names out there, a lot of big-name receivers still out there that did not get tagged or extended, Um, and we'll we'll segue right into this. Got news today. Uh, Deshaun Watson will not be charged on any criminal charges, uh this does not mean he's innocent though adam Schefter to had a had a bad tweet had a very bad yeah. tweet. he's like yeah no they they knew he was innocent so let the legal system do its work uh, and that's kind of what you were saying before mango where Schefter is moving out of that kind of <laughs> unbiased analyst range and now starting to let a little bit of emotion <laughs> flow into his tweets and he briskly apologized shortly after yeah. he's like oh that's no that's that's what they said not me
2: yes well exactly like you you know that's what they said why yeah. are you tweeting it like it's news that's a pr statement exactly like-
1: yeah <laughs> uh so we've been hearing some buzz uh as the last couple of weeks of deshaun watson is getting looked at by teams and it was so the writing was kind of on the wall that this is what was expected to happen and then it did happen. So Watson will probably get traded for in the next couple of weeks. I assume he's not going to want to play in Houston anymore. Given the situation last season, Houston will not want him back given his situation. But uh, I mean, talent is above all teams. Yep. Don't give a shit what you've done. If you're talented. The league doesn't give a shit what you've done if you're talented, so some team is going to shell out four first-round picks for Deshaun Watson, and you're going to see it probably in the next week or two. Carolina is apparently heavily linked to him. There is a report that Seattle also has interest in him. So, what are what are we thinking on this situation?
0: I also heard Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah, and Which he does. He I think does That have would it.
0: be his best case. Like f- from a Watson standpoint, if I'm him, I want to go to Tampa Bay.
1: Right. And he has that no trade clause, so he gets to decide if he wants to do that. If he wants like if they're like, Well, we can send you to Tampa, we can send you to New Orleans, we can send you to Carolina, or whatever. He can say, Well, I'll only waive my no trade clause for Tampa Bay. So he's basically in control as well.
0: He was completely out on Carolina all last year. They made it very clear that he has no intentions of going to Carolina. He's flat out said, I will not be waiving my trade clause to go for Carolina. But I I feel like he'll be one of the later dominoes, as we say, because there's just so many guys still out there, so many teams that still need guys. So I think that teams are going to sit back, you know, test the market more and then kind of wait for that value to go down a little bit and then, and then jump in toward the end of free agency.
2: There was something just so gross this week about how it was like two days ago, all the insiders started resurfacing this like Watson, we're going to get a, we're going to get an answer on Friday, but before that even happened, it was like the trade market is going to heat up. And suddenly there was rumors flying everywhere. Like every team wants this guy. And we had no idea at that time what was going to happen today. And it's just, I don't know. It's just like a really terrible situation when you just blatantly see that nobody cares that it's like, everybody just wanted this to to be done. They, everybody wanted it to be over with so that they could trade for him. Yep. And so, I mean, from a football standpoint obviously he is a hot commodity but you know it's just the the process was a little questionable i the, the the report today about seattle is interesting because if they made the russell wilson trade under the impression that they would then use those first round picks in conjunction with other picks to get watson then you're turning wilson into watson which from a football standpoint makes a lot of sense for them yeah so if they can pull that off then like that's that makes you know that move seem a little bit less harsh but yeah it's just it's it's so hard to talk about it man i I don't know what to think
1: it is and like we've been tiptoeing around this whole situation all all season because it's like It's an awful situation. Like this, this guy did bad things and we all know it. And the thing is, he was cleared of his criminal charges. And so now people are coming out of the woodwork and being like, well, we knew he was innocent the whole time. Like people just love, just want to get, get money off of him. You know, he's, he's just a rich, like, no, this, that's not what happens. It's not 22 people that come out and say this kind of thing. Like, (laughs) But now we're going to move into the civil suits and rich people can pay off civil suits. So that's, what's going to happen here. Sean Watson makes a lot of money. And so he will be playing football next year. That is what we all expect. The NFL is not going to go deep into this now that he's cleared of criminal charges. And that's why this kind of trade market is heating up. And so, like I said before, nobody gives a shit if you're good at football. And so that's, that's where we're going to be going here. And, Yeah, there's a lot of fits. If we're going to just go strictly football, there's a lot. Obviously, he fits with every team. He's supremely talented. He's an incredible quarterback. And so if you need a dual-threat quarterback that can throw anywhere on the field, Sean Watson's your guy. And so we'll see (laughs) what goes on here. Uh, I think Pittsburgh is probably a really interesting option here since they are in prime position to win now, and he can – Really slide in to that team and fit and replace Ben Roethlisberger. But yeah, uh, he's kind of a scumbag. And so it'd be nice to see him not go somewhere nice. It'd be kind of cool. But then again, he has a no trade clause. So he's not going to get sent somewhere he doesn't want to go.
0: And then from Houston's standpoint, you're kind of in the situation that Philly was in with Ben Simmons. I mean, you've got this asset that you're basically. You know, just eating currently, but whatever you get from him is basically just an all out plus. So, who knows what they could do with some more draft capital, put some more pieces around uh, Davis Mills, Brandon Cooks, you know? Yeah. Uh, they got Lovey Smith down there now. So,
1: and they, the, and they have the, the third in Houston. They are the third pick too. And so, yeah. if they end up trading with Seattle, say, and they get that mm-hmm. ninth pick back. They could be picking at three and nine. Get a guy like Kayvon Thibodeau, and then get a receiver at nine. And Davis Mills, running back, pretty. Not <laughs> take a running back. They better not take a running back at nine. Oh. They need a running back, David yeah. Mills, bro. You got a
2: second round pick, right? David
1: Johnson. Yeah, we'll wait till two o three to take a running back. Because no, we running backs in the come on, Joe. We're we're anti running back in the first round. Let's not say
2: Saquon that. Barkley went fourth. I don't think Brees Hall's going ninth.
1: Yeah, hey, similar measurables according to the Combine Tracker, well, the Combine athleticism score. They're basically the same player.
2: Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, they'll probably, it'd be, be cool to see them go maybe defense, 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 O line defense receiver. Cause obviously they need hey, everything. Christian
0: Kirksey, Christian Kirksey, signed an extension, I yep. think two years with them.
1: Yep. I, uh, did see that <laughs> 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 went over the notable ones. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Chris Kirksey in their strong linebacking core. Um, but yeah, this is maybe they'll sign
0: Amari Cooper not far of a drive from Dallas. Sure,
1: might not even uh, have to move. move.
2: The other thing with Houston is that they are expected to trade Laramie Tunzel, Mm. so they can take a tackle at three, which makes a ton of sense. And then if they get nine, then you're talking about a pass rusher. You get nice building blocks there. Whatever they get for Tunzel, who knows what that compensation looks like at this point. But I mean, it's... I, I, I hate that team. I hate how they run. I hate everything about them. <laughs> but, like, they have an opportunity to reset things right now. And yeah. so...
1: Yes, they are in a good position post-Bill O'Brien to build this from the ground up. Like, actually the ground yeah. up. The ground the fucking ground because they suck.
0: They are awful. They, I they're awful. Could, I, I couldn't even name their coach from last year still to this day.
1: I, uh, I, so, I, yeah. we They they definitely have a lot of work to do in Houston. But they could become... they got to redo their identity. Hey, maybe they should rebrand. Post Watson era. Shut the fuck up back to the they Oilers
2: relocate huh? and get rid of their whole front office I hey going to the Oilers
1: would be kind of cool <laughs> <don't know> why. <laughs> but Davis yeah those oiler legend oh goodness I but yeah they there's a, a lot of interesting stuff going on with these these young upcoming teams quarterbacks are moving around and free agency is just around the corner, so we got a lot of lot of stuff to talk about, and yeah, this is a lot of fun, a lot of fun, a lot of fun yeah, stuff I'm going on.
0: Out here throwing shit at the wall
1: and yeah, dynasty. Absolutely, we got to get me back into it. Absolutely, and uh... taking two fucking L's in championship games. <sighs> so, Mingo. If uh, you had the one hundred and one in a dynasty draft right now, who would you take?
2: What a great question! (laughs) Now, I, uh, I, I'm taking Traylon Burks Mm. as of as of this day, March eleventh. I'm still taking Burks. There is a scenario in which draft capital draft landing spot can influence that. But the combine didn't change things enough for me to sit here and tell you that I'm not taking him. He was my wide receiver one before the combine. The testing was fine. It was completely overblown that it was a bad combine for him. The testing numbers were fine. He's a big dude. Yep. It's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So Joe, I know I know you haven't done a ton of rookie research yet. Uh, so I'll pose the same question to you though. If you yeah. had the 101 in a rookie draft, who who would you take?
0: I'd uh, I'd be trading back and, <laughs> <laughs> and picking up Savvy. another known asset cuz yeah. that is my that's my my draft strategy every year is trade back and get a guy that's In year two or year three that is going to be really good that year and always stay in contention
1: that's a that's a lame answer
0: (laughs) (laughs) i mean last year hey i traded up and drafted kyle pitts again at four but
1: that's true a that was a savvy move um
0: i don't like being the guy that makes the decisions i like
1: being the guy that's thinking through how things are falling it's fair it's a it's a good way to run things over in the cook's kitchen
2: that's so fun. It's such a fun draft. You don't wanna you that's don't wanna grow a, a dart.
1: What, that's what everybody thinks and Joe's zagging. He's like, hey, it's I, so I'm fun. Like, here's here's my pick. You can have <laughs> it and take the guy. Go ahead. It's all Here, it's, let me
0: let me give you, you know, one oh five and uh, you know Cam Akers and, and you give me back Najee Harris and it'll be just fine. You can throw the darts. I'll take what I know.
1: Yeah, I'll take the bullseyes. So, you know? Way it goes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I one on one. I think I think Brees Hall might be one on one. You Just think? Like, I, he's he's really good at football. And hey man. The, the 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 kind of thing that I was thinking is he's not super bursty. He's not super fast. Like he's not done that the breakaway. And then the completely irrelevant 40-yard dash, which doesn't really matter, he ran like a 4.38. And I was like, holy fuck, he's fast. Uh, And that's just been sitting in my head. Like, I can't believe he's that fast. But I I think about this, and I'm like, okay, 40-yard dash, does it matter? You start in a track stance, and you run 40 yards in a trained – uncontested sprint in spandex and a tight shirt. Does that translate to football? Maybe not. Uh, but it confirms that Brees Hall is faster than I expected him to be. And you, it's not like you're going to – like if you're slow, you're not going to run a 4-3 40. It's just not going to happen. And so that's where it's like, ooh, Brees Hall, like that's nice. Uh, but then you look at guys – who I wanted to convert my bias with, like Traylon Burks, he runs like what a four five five, but then the reports come out. It's like, well, he had to restart four times. It's like I would probably run a little slower forty two if I had to restart four times, and he's two hundred twenty five pounds, which people don't realize. So I was looking up. I was like, hey, is Traylon Burks slow? And the internet's like, hey, have you heard a speed score? I was like, well, let's see what's going on. So I foray into speed score. And they're like, so when people are big, they run slower generally. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, And it's like, so we calculated how to uh, determine if they're actually slow based on their weight. And that's what speed score is. I'm sure sure you know what that is, Mingo. You've been in this realm for a while. Uh, But Burks had the fifth highest speed score in the Combine. And so then it's like, oh, so Traylon Burks is not slow. But Brees Hall had the second highest. And so it's like, wow. So he's fast and big. Uh, Jordan Davis. No, Jordan Davis had the number one speed score because he's – anyway. Massive. (laughs) He's massive. He's 3.50 and ran a 3.79. So – that or uh, a 4.79, not a 3.79. That was ridiculous. But (laughs) – I, I don't know if the 40-yard dash matters. I don't know if speed score matters, but I know that Brees Hall is faster than I expected him to be, and I know that I'm overreacting on Traylon Burks. That's, that's my the combine.
2: The combine should only be used as a way to orient yourself around these guys. Like, for example, we had similar thoughts on Brees Hall. Does he have the explosiveness? Does he have the long speed? He does. There you go guy like Burks, the speech shows up on the film. He's he's playing in the SEC. He's doing fine <laughs> working down the field in the SEC. I mean, we had Nikhil Harry thrown out there during the combine, and it's like, well, Nikhil Harry was playing in the Pack 5 I'm watching Burks torching guys that, you know, like Auburn has a first-round cornerback, and... Alabama always has first-round secondary players. Brooks is, is killing them both. So it's just like it. the combine should only mean as much as it needs to. It should never overwhelm the tape on anybody. Tape but lie. that being said, the tape don't lie. But that being said, who do I expect ADP1 to be in Dynasty this year? Brees Hall. Yeah. So if you're going off of that, there's no reason you can't take Brees Hall.
1: Yeah, and and obviously we're pending draft position. Uh, so if Traylon Burks goes somewhere beneficial with a good offensive mind, I think he becomes clear 101 because he has his limitations, and he's only ever played slot at Arkansas. And so it's interesting, it will be interesting to see who drafts him and what ends up happening with him?
2: How about 4-3 uh, speed, top 10 pick Garrett Wilson?
1: How about him? I mean, if he goes to the Browns, like he's mocked everywhere, I'd want to stay as far away as possible.
2: Or if he goes to the Jets.
1: I kind of like that. I'm not going to lie. But I'd rather see Traylon Burks on the Jets because I think him and Elijah Moore complement each other very well. Um, But... Yeah, uh, we got to see where Brees Hall goes. Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and Kenneth Walker. If they like, there's a lot of running back needy teams. We talked about the quarterback needy teams earlier, but there's a lot of running back needy teams too. And if any of them lands in one of those power vacuums that are in running back rooms, somewhere like Atlanta, somewhere like Miami, somewhere like Buffalo, somewhere like Arizona, who has two free agent running backs, I mean there's a lot of spots. There's some high-powered offenses. The Tampa Bay, there's some high-powered offenses that don't have a running back worth anything. If one of these guys goes to one of those spots late in the first, early in the second, you could be looking at elite production. And I'm, I'm excited to see that.
2: Me too. If Miami takes a running back in the second round, you're going to hear all about them for the rest of the draft cycle because mike mcdaniel widely viewed as a expert run game strategist whether or not that translates to real life we're gonna find out but for the time being until the season everybody's gonna think that if they take kenneth walker in round two that he's gonna be the best running back in the in the league next year so
1: please joe please
0: no, I'm I'm convinced the Dolphins are on a crash course to Doomsville because Mike <laughs> McDaniels is a fucking loon. He is. You know, he's he's, wait, you guys
2: are like related though, aren't you?
0: No, he's like Kyrie Irving level, talks for 15 minutes, but doesn't say anything.
1: Yeah, this oh, Mike man. McDaniel. We, I we couldn't were... tell if it was. Oh, dude, he's.
0: He was on the Pat McAfee show. They interviewed him for like half an hour and you couldn't tell if the entire thing was a meme or if he was just off the shits or what. But it was like we got done listening to it and we're like, this guy's a leader of men. Now, (laughs) like how if you listen to this, how do you walk into that locker room and and feel like this guy can lead you to the promised land, dude?
1: Yeah, McDaniel just just listening to him. I would not be able to take him seriously as a person. And like think he's he's just like on the fence about everything except for the stuff that doesn't matter. And it's like man, this is this is a guy that's going to be coaching the Dolphins and he's a head coach and he's never really I don't know. This is go just go go listen to the Pat McAfee interview. <laughs> You'll you'll understand exactly what we're saying. They're trying to cut him off and end the interview for like 20 minutes. They're like sitting there and they're like, yeah, okay. So, yeah, we appreciate you coming on. And then McDaniel's like, yeah, have you guys like seen this video? It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Like, let him end the interview.
2: (laughs) I will say this. I will say this. We've seen a lot of weird dudes at the head coach spot that haven't worked out like Adam Gase, googly eyes and his presser, that type of deal. Mike McDaniel was the person on Kyle Shanahan's staff that he was the most reluctant to lose. He let LaFleur's go. He didn't want to let Mike McDaniel go. It's Robert been Sala? S- yeah, Robert Sala. I mean, we've seen a lot of these guys go. He has held on to McDaniel as long as he possibly could. And this was the off season where it just wasn't gonna like he was gonna get a head coaching job. It's been too long on that staff. he has a reputation. So maybe he's just really fucking awkward and weird, but he's also a genius. It could be. <laughs> you
1: know you know what that says to me? Offensive coordinator. And that's how I feel about a lot of guys that are just like, Wow, this guy is a fucking genius. It's like, yeah, let him be the offensive coordinator. Let him call plays. Let him, like, <laughs> yeah. let him do the playbook. Why does this guy have to be a head coach? And that's how I feel about Kyle Shanahan. But that's a whole different situation because obviously he's a genius when it comes to offense. But when it comes to personnel, we have,
2: yeah, we have our questions.
1: We have our questions. But that's a uh, that's I think that's uh, that's all we got. Do you guys have anything else to pop in here? Any any takes? I got a think i got everything out that i had to say
2: yep that was a. it's been a wild week i'm yeah, exhausted
1: I'm, yeah. and it's only hopefully going to get crazier upcoming with this free agent period because i want to see some some crazy moves and some bad contracts thanks for good content
0: <laughs> more than we've already seen <laughs> yeah right uh, uh we can't forget though that the, the commanders play the eagles
1: twice Yes. And the Colts this year. They do. I want to see Darius Leonard hawking Carson Wentz. <laughs> I, want to see, like, I, oh, I just want there to be Spitting so much face, bad blood. Just drive him into the dirt, dude. Oh, yeah. oh man. That'd be great. Uh, but we appreciate you tuning in as always. Uh, we want to thank Mingo for jumping on the pot. Uh, great as usual fantastic thank you. thanks for fantastic. having me Go. back Go. again
2: love, i love, love having you here thank you yeah i love i love being here you guys are great
1: thank you uh and so you can you can check us out at twitter at pod fire starters you can uh email us at the fire Starters at gmail.com you can find us on youtube hopefully I'm, I'm working out some kinks but figure it out uh and yeah we'll talk at you next time.